Hello, everyone, and welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Justin Scase, editor of the EHS Daily Advisor and Safety Decisions Magazine. Since the presidential election in 2016, the Environmental Protection Agency and its regulatory agenda have been no stranger to controversy. EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt has stated multiple times that his goal is to roll back regulations, and while some rules have been delayed, repealed, or otherwise rendered toothless, most regs are still on the books. However, some of the rhetoric may have lured companies into a false sense of security regarding environmental enforcement, causing business leaders to think that environmental compliance no longer matters. Now, putting all the politics aside, this belief could be a big risk for organizations, both logistically and financially. So today, we're talking about this issue with Jeff Ladner, Vice President of Environmental Performance for Sphera. For 20 years, Jeff has been helping corporations drive operational excellence and effectively manage operational risk, focusing on environmental performance, personnel and process safety, product stewardship, supply chain management, risk assessment, and change management. Now, in his current role, Jeff leads Sphera's environmental performance portfolio, helping corporations implement and make the most of Sphera's EHS management systems. So, Jeff, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Well, thanks, Justin. It's great to be here. All right. So let's start with just the overall regulatory environment companies are dealing with now. How are things different than they were, say, around two years ago? Has the environmental compliance burden on organizations actually diminished? Well, I think the prominent theme that we're hearing, and you noted it in your opening, is really the fact that the uncertainty around the environmental regulatory landscape has increased due to the current political environment. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's, I think, been really common with a number of the companies that we talk to and, and how they deal with the the regulations that they face and and what their expectations are of how those regulations are going to change over time. I think, you know, broadly speaking, the the changes that have come about are focused on new and proposed regulations. Mm-hmm. So compliance programs that are already in force have really been little effective. So what is changing is the potential future incremental burden that companies face. And, you know, we've seen that um, you know, with a number of regulations that have been proposed for review uh, that may be either suspended, revised, or repealed. So I think there are some notable changes, but those tend to be more forward-looking than what's in force today. Okay. So what are your clients doing differently now as compared with around two years ago? Has their approach to environmental management changed, if at all? <laughs> I mean, our clients view environmental management in two broad categories. There's regulatory compliance, and then there's voluntary environmental management and reporting. Okay. And when it comes to compliance, really the way they're approaching compliance hasn't changed. Mm. Uh, compliance is mandatory. The, the regulatory programs that they're uh, subjected to and applicable to their operations are not really fundamentally changed. Mm. And compliance is critical to their license to operate. So they really continue to focus on improving their uh, compliance activities. They're looking to reduce costs around their programs. And if anything, 
I think one of the themes that we're seeing pretty commonly is, you know, they're focused on being more responsive to a market that's changing more significantly and at a faster pace than what they've been accustomed to. If you look at the the second category in terms of voluntary environmental management and reporting, I'd say a lot of what we've seen relative to past years is that space is, I'd say, stabilized okay, uh, and in some cases possibly slowed. Mm. Now, I, I think a lot of that's because you have to roll the clock back a little further than two years, but, you know, mm-hmm. five, eight plus years ago, yep. uh, you know, voluntary environmental disclosures, you know, dealing with the financial investment community and NGOs and other stakeholders mm-hmm. was an area where companies were looking to significantly improve their disclosure and transparency. And there was a lot that was invested in building out those capabilities and a lot of that leveraged what they were doing for compliance. And today, I think what you see with a lot of companies is they have established practices and processes in place. So over the last couple of years, rather than there being a lot of change, they're really more in a steady state operation state right now. So uh, there isn't as much change. It still continues to be improvement, but it's not where you see a lot of big moves or changes taking place. Okay. And you mentioned this a little, so let's not forget that companies have put a lot of money into compliance as well. Do you see companies investing less into such efforts? No, investments haven't really changed. I mean, so they're continuing to, you know, improve their capabilities when it comes to compliance. Mm -hmm. You know, one aspect of investing is certainly looking to drive down costs. Uh, Compliance can often be viewed as an overhead activity. So removing costs from the business in order to demonstrate compliance is often a very common objective. And part of that just becomes looking at how they can improve access and the quality of information that they're using to run the business. And in a number of areas, the investments are coming because what they're investing in is really helping meet other organizational or corporate objectives Mm. that happen to align with or overlap with regulatory compliance. So generally speaking, we don't see investment as having changed per se. Uh, so much as it's really focused on continuous improvement as a as a common theme. Okay. So aside from financials, I imagine there are some reputational risks as well. Uh, whether it's technically legal or not, environmental missteps can cause a little bit of social backlash. backlash. <laughs> so uh, could you speak to some of those risks? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so in today's, you know, social media fueled world, uh, you know, environmental missteps can certainly have uh, far reaching ramifications and impacting a company's brand is quite clearly uh, one way in which that has uh, potential impacts. And we certainly see companies working to protect their brand. You know, that's partly uh, aligned with what companies have been doing on a voluntary basis uh, and just maintaining good discipline with how they run their business and the safety of the products or services that they provide. Um, But, you know, there are other facets of this beyond brand. And that's just, again, as you think about kind of the social backlash, uh, many companies are you know, really dependent on the support of their local communities in order to operate. Right. And the the amplifying effect of, again, social media and the way uh, 
you know, negative events can spread far and wide at an incredibly fast pace, can have really significant impacts on a company's uh, ability to operate, whether it impairs their operations or, you know, may have significant long-term ramifications from a, in particular, a compliance standpoint, uh, but also from just the the rights that a community is willing to grant a company to operate uh, in their area. So, it's uh, certainly has the the brand based aspect to it, but it can have a very direct connection to operations, which is something to be significantly you know concerned about. So, how about enforcement? Do organizations still have a lot to lose from the potential for citations and penalties? You know, enforcement is something companies should certainly, you know, have an ongoing concern about. I mean, if you look at 2017, EPA enforcement actions required companies to invest nearly $20 billion in actions and equipment to control pollution. Oh, wow. And EPA is seeking to increase, you know, the deterrent effect of their enforcement actions through criminal enforcement uh, for some of the most extreme cases that we see. We've certainly seen that, for example, with the Volkswagen diesel uh, scandal. Mm-hmm. You know, having said that, um, you know, as we look at some of the, the rules that are being reviewed, there's certainly going to be a reduction in enforcement or potential enforcement around some of those rules uh, that are, in fact, being reviewed. And in March of last year, you know, the EPA administrator sent a letter to state governors advising them that they weren't under an obligation to adhere to the Clean Power Plan rule, which is under review now. So mm-hmm. I think as a trend, it's something that uh, enforcement should still continue to be a concern. And, you know, with a number of the companies that we work with, there are some other dynamics at play that I think are particularly interesting, in particular around the role that technology is beginning to play. With the digitalization of, of everything, big data analytics and artificial intelligence being themes that I'm sure many people hear about day in and day out in a, mm-hmm. a variety of forums, we're beginning to see those tools brought to bear in the compliance arena. And mm-hmm. you know what those tools are doing is helping enforcement agencies do more with less. Uh, or maybe not do more, but do better from the standpoint of enforcement. And that's something we're hearing from a number of companies, that they're realizing that the availability of data, you know, the availability of more data, more timely data, higher quality data, is being used to target potential enforcement cases. And so, you know, with that potentially coming into play, it, it highlights an area where when enforcement actions uh, are potentially considered, what it may lead to the scenario in which, you know, those are much more likely to result in citations or penalties that may be a concern. Mm. So with all of these various considerations, what would you say is the biggest risk that a company takes if it becomes complacent on matters of environmental compliance? You know, assuring compliance on an ongoing basis really requires a uh, clear operating discipline within organizations, mm, mm-hmm. and operating discipline is, is difficult to develop. Uh, it takes time, it takes training, repetition, and learnings through continuous improvement exercises, and uh, most of all, it really takes commitment to mm. establish a consistent and kind of durable operating discipline within an organization. And so, 
if companies become complacent with regard to compliance, I think the practical matter is they, they face the risk of having to regain that, dis- that discipline, which can be difficult and it can certainly be expensive uh, based on the investment that it typically requires if a company does, in fact, allow it to lapse. Right. So what are you anticipating for the future of environmental compliance? Will we follow a trend of deregulation? Will things remain relatively static? Or will we maybe even see laws added to the books? Given the state of the the market or the regulatory environment today, I know there's a lot of interest and focus on trying to reduce the the prominence of regulations, but Mm -hmm. when you look at the environmental regulatory landscape over the last 40 years, for example, in the U.S., Mm -hmm. what you would see is that regulations have continued to grow unabated over that Mm -hmm. time frame. Mm -hmm. And in fact, if you look at EPA's fall 2017 regulatory plan, it includes approximately 100 proposed changes. And for those companies that operate with a multinational or a multi-jurisdictional footprint, mm-hmm. we're certainly seeing increasing regulations in other areas around the world. Um, and so I think as a practical matter, you know, we live in a world with a growing population, finite resources, mm-hmm. and it continues to be a concern, you know, how we're stewarding the environment uh, as time progresses. So I think... Generally speaking, you know, we're going to continue to see uh, environmental stewardship and thus regulations play a critical factor. I think the challenge will continue to be finding the right balance between regulations and other mechanisms to preserve the environment for the, the well-being of everyone. Okay. So given your predictions here, what is the most important thing that an EHS manager should be doing right now regarding environmental compliance? So EHS managers can really uh, focus on establishing operating discipline for their environmental management activities Mm. because it is so critically important. And that discipline, even in an environment that has uncertainty like today, can yield business value in a wide variety of ways that are beyond just simply demonstrating compliance. Mm. Mm -hmm. One of the the things that we run into are actually a collection of things or things that we run into with the companies we work with is, you know, operating discipline can help companies retain and improve their institutional knowledge. I mean, we see that as a growing concern as there are generational changes in the workforce and people that have decades of experience move on to retirement uh, with new generations stepping in and needing to be trained and brought up to speed quickly. Uh, We find that uh, solid operating discipline can help companies find opportunities to improve performance, not just improve compliance. And in many cases, there are benefits above and beyond just demonstrating regulatory compliance to helping organizations operate um, you know, more effectively and efficiently with regard to their in- potential impacts on the environment. And I think last but not least, it's you know, discipline can help companies be more responsive to what is an increasingly dynamic and fast pace of change in the market. Mm. So with that type of focus, I think environmental managers, EHS managers can be prepared regardless of what the future brings. All right, great. 
Well, excellent, Jeff. You've uh, really given our audience a lot of interesting things to think about when it comes to Enviro compliance. Thanks again for joining us today on EHS on Tap. Well, great. Thanks, Jeff. It was great speaking with you. Great. And to our listeners, be sure to stay tuned to EHS on Tap and keep reading the EHS Daily Advisor to stay on top of your environmental compliance obligations, get the latest and best practices, and keep your finger on the pulse of all things related to the EHS industry. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Justin Scase for EHS on Tap.